Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Bizink Podcast. I'm delighted to have Bruce Phillips of HPC with me today. Hi, Bruce. Hey, Matt. Glad uh, to be here. Yeah, thanks. Um, so before we get started, um, HPC's got a really interesting backstory. Would you mind telling uh, the listeners a little bit about that, please? Sure. So I'll give the short version. Um, <laughs> so the company's been around 24 years. Um, I founded it with a partner in 1992. For, I'd say, the first 19 years or so, we were a really traditional CPA firm in the U.S. So um, audit, tax, uh, a little bit of consulting, but really a little bit of write-up maybe, but, but really an audit and tax firm. Um, I was actually the audit partner. Uh, I came out of Ernst & Young and um, kind of ran the audits for the firm and then also kind of had all, did all the tax work for my own clients. Um, and then, uh, you know, we kind of we grew from, you know, just a couple of us to, I think at our heyday, we were 22 mm-hmm. sometime. I don't remember when it was. And then we shrunk back down to like a dozen. And then um, I think we were, we were cruising around, you know, probably eight or 10 people. And um, we had, a, had developed a little back office business with some large real estate developers in Atlanta, mm-hmm. Georgia. And um, that was about the time that the crash took place in 2008. Mm-hmm. And so I personally lost came out two or three $100,000 clients in like in that. And it was like, okay, <laughs> so what are we going to do? And um, I said, well, you know, I, I had recently kind of gone to Los Angeles to live and um, ran a digital media company. And I kind of learned all about uh, digital stuff and really technology and everything. And, uh, and when I came back, you know, and was doing, still at the CPA firm, I said, why don't we try to take what I learned there and apply it to what something that I actually know about? Mm-hmm. which is accounting firms. So so we started doing some research and kind of, I call it traveling around the country, talking to anyone that'll talk to me, <laughs> going to seminars, you know, hitting up all the thought leaders and just really just kind of being a sponge um, to learn as much as we could. And we kind of rolled out a, uh, we'll call it a QuickBooks, you know, through the cloud kind of um, program mm-hmm. that we started growing. Um, it's interesting with the real estate developers that we did before that we actually went to their offices, which obviously, you know, we don't do that anymore. (laughs) Um, so now we did it, you know, through like a hosted, uh, right networks kind of thing. And then, um, and then in 2011, um, I met Rod Drury from zero, uh, one of his first trips to the States and he told me what he was doing and I was like, wow, that sounds really cool. No one's doing that. So I jumped all in, you know, feet first, head first and, um, as I said, I kind of went all in with, with, with zero and within six months, we were the largest partner in the U S um, and really building a recurring revenue model for our accounting firm, which is really, you know, monthly, um, or weekly or whatever. But, um, but we still did the consulting and the tax and, and that model's kind of grown over the years, you know, as the, as the whole technology thing has developed and zeros, you know, gotten its footprint in the U S mm-hmm. so, um, but that's kind of how we got to where we are. And, and then with that time, I think we had five people or maybe seven people, um, none of which still work for the, for the company anymore because we had to turn everybody over to do what we're doing. Um, and uh, I think our last head count was like 27. Yeah, um, I guess the one piece that I did leave out is up until about five years ago, actually about almost three years ago now, we were brick and mortar. Um, mm-hmm. We still had our office building in Atlanta. Um, everyone had their own offices. Nobody really talked. And then, um, you know, through happenstance, people started moving away um, because you're we working through the cloud. And I said, it's okay if you want to move. And before I knew it, I was the only person in the office. <laughs> and um, so I shut the office and we basically just became a virtual firm. Mm. So 
so I didn't really, it wasn't anything that was planned. It just kind of happened. And then, of course, we did all the things that we needed to do to manage and grow the virtual firm, which, mm-hmm. you know, something's broke, you fix it. Yeah. <laughs> and we just did it one by one. Yeah. So. Yeah, cool. Um, so thanks for that. And um, that, that last point is what I kind of really wanted to focus on next. Um so obviously you're a virtual business now, and um, that that's what we are as well at BizInc. And um, kind of interested to know what what you found have been the positives and and negatives, if there are any of of doing that. Um, yeah. So um, a couple of the, the real simple positives are you know we don't have any geographical boundaries, mm-hmm. um, both with regards to clients or with staff. So we find somebody that's talented and we want to hire them, we hire them. Doesn't matter where they are. Yeah. Um, that, that's huge. I mean, I, you can't understate that. One of the toughest things now is actually finding qualified, you know, team members. Mm. So, um, uh, you know, uh, you know, that's probably the biggest positive with being virtual. Yeah. Um, besides the fact that I get to, you know, go to the beach late in the afternoon or do where, <laughs> you know, we, I work wherever I want to be. I, yeah. I came to New Zealand last year for almost a month. I'm going to Australia this year for a month and then everything keeps running, you know? So those are, um, those are for, for me, those are a couple of the benefits for my team. You know, we had one guy go to Japan for three weeks last year and basically was able to work from over there, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, so I think it's the, the mobility, the geographical boundaries kind of probably the biggest for the virtual, yeah. um, on the negatives, um, there's a lot of negatives, <laughs> um, you know, you, you've got <clears throat> communication issues, time zone issues, um, uh, you know, how you share everything, build a culture, all these things are real, way, way, way training mm-hmm. onboarding are way more difficult in a virtual environment. Yeah. Do, do you ever meet up? Cause um, my, my wife actually works for um, a U.S. company, but she works here in New Zealand um, and they've got staff all over the globe. Once a year, they fly them all to a location, usually in the U.S. Um, yep. And they find, you know, I mean, that, that's obviously a fair amount of expense, but that sure their, is. that's their social kind of thing. But they, they say yeah. it far outweighs the cost of having an office. That, that, that oh, kind of, yeah, no, you know. no, no, no question. And, and there's a lot of benefits to that. So we started, you know, first of all, when we started, when we went virtual, we started having weekly team calls, video. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of our, call it our water cooler social thing every mm-hmm. week where we did work, but we also got to see each other, at least on video. <laughs> Um, as we grew, that um, became a monthly get together for the whole team and a weekly get together for each department because mm-hmm. we got basically had to departmentalize as we as we grew. So we've been talking quite a bit about the team get together. What we did this year is we have a management team that consists of eight people mm-hmm. that we decided twice a year we were going to have a management retreat where we kind of talk through all the issues that we have, um, uh, kind of set the tone for the for the next year. Um, make decisions and bond. Mm-hmm. And uh, last month in May, we just got back from Mexico. We went to an all-inclusive resort in Mexico, which was a big hit. Um, oh, we nice. had, an, had an awesome time. But that was eight of us, not 27 of us. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, and I, w- I really want to get everybody together, and we've talked about getting everybody together. We planned on doing it later this year, but we're going to hold off to next year. But our plan is to get everybody together. Um, you know, as you do these things more and more, you can kind of find fun things that make a lot of sense that you get the most bang for your buck mm. in every in every way, um, including you know the bonding and the camaraderie. Um, and I have a couple ideas on that, and we're we're going to do that. Um, but yeah, it's a really big cost for a small company to do. <laughs> do you ever use um, 
things like um, industry conferences, like uh, ZeroCon, for example, as, as a way great, to get them together? Great question. Great question. So I, I left that part out. So we do go to ZeroCon every year. Um, and actually, we just made our decision for this year who we're bringing to ZeroCon. So it's kind of a kind of a big deal, you know, to get to go. And I, mm. I talked to Greg Sheehan, oh, who yeah. I'm friends with in, um, in New Zealand. And I remember him bringing, you know, they, they made a big deal and they got on the stage and they had 28 people at ZeroCon in New Zealand, which I went to last year, by the way. And, um, oh, did you? And, I was uh, there too. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and it was their way to, to kind of, um, uh, uh, I don't want what's the word, man? onboard maybe the new people to kind of give them a little taste of what it's like. So yeah, the new right. people went. Which I thought was pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have our, some of our management group go, and we try to do it based on who really needs to go to for you know contacts and meetings and, mm-hmm. and bonding. But this year we actually decided to bring our entire implementation team, right. thinking that you know the relationships are really big for our business model. Mm-hmm. I'm really big on relationships, so relationships with Zero, relationships with all the ecosystem partners that we have, um, relationships with other Zero partners around the country, around the world, um, and. Uh, you know, especially in the, in the implementation is, as you, these people are the ones that are kind of out there and they'll finally get to meet all of the representatives of all the companies that they work with and kind of set up and pitch all the time. And so that, that's what we're doing this year. So that is a get together. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. Is it tax deductible? Heck yeah, it is. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I thought it might be. Um, that's cool. Um, so, um, so you're not only a virtual business, you're a global business. Um, what proportion of your, your clients are overseas? Whew. Uh, in terms of proportion of, of existing clients overseas, mm-hmm. it's probably, I'm guessing, a third to 40%, okay, well. maybe. Um, in terms of new businesses that we get mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and leads that we get, mm-hmm. I'd say it's 75%. Yeah, wow. Well. So it's, it's moving more towards, and, and this is another one of those things that I think just happened. You know, we started getting some referrals from overseas or companies that were expanding to the U.S., mm-hmm. and we started doing it and developed relationships actually with, a, with Interactive Accounting was the first one, oh, and yeah. um, Melbourne and Sydney, you yeah. know, and they're, and they're I, mean, I looked at them as kind of like me, a lot younger, of course, <laughs> um, but, but, but all, and also a few years ahead of us because they had a head start in Australia, so for us to kind of see what they did and mm-hmm. see how they grew and watch what they do, we actually worked on clients with them. And that's kind of what started it all about three years ago. And then I said, wow, we're pretty good at this. Um, this is unique. Not everybody can do it. Mm-hmm. There's a sh- shitload of value. Um, why don't we maybe put more focus on this? And mm-hmm. then before you knew it, I said, why don't we just, go, like I always do, why don't we just go all in? Mm-hmm. So we went all in. And um, so we're in the process of really, I mean, everything we do now, really, we want to help global small business. And there's mm-hmm. such a need for it. Because nobody's doing it, um, the, the the bigger firms, you know, um, are untouchable to small businesses. They're either too expensive or they won't accept them as clients. Right. And there's really, you know, at the at the accounting and bookkeeping level, there's not a lot of people that have the experience and the skill set to be able to deal with all of the issues that these companies have. Mm. And we, we just happen to have have it or have gotten it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Um, uh, so we can help them, and we do everything, you know, from you know structure, where to form, what to form. We actually will help them now get incorporated, get all their registration numbers, set them up on zero, do all the normal stuff that we do, do all their ongoing stuff, help them with payroll, um, reconciliation, reporting, virtual CFO, tax planning, tax compliance, and we just started doing insurance. Yeah, right. 
So to think about it, it's almost almost everything that a small business needs when they come to the U.S. And then you, t- I think you know, we put together like a fifty-page guide mm-hmm. as a free free resource to kind of share some of the love and uh, and help businesses around the world um, educate themselves so that when they come here, they're not operating blind. Because we've had a lot of companies that got set up incorrectly, or that were dealing with people that were either unscrupulous or charged them way too much money, or they just did a shitty job mm-hmm. or didn't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So the more these companies know when they start talking to people, the better off they are. Yeah, right. Yeah. So as somebody who, um, you know, we've got a fair amount of clients now in the States, what, what's the point that you should think about um, actually incorporating? Um, great, great, great question. So I'll tell you some of the triggers. <laughs> yeah, okay. um, the first trigger that I learned way back when was we had a company who wanted to get started on Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. And they could, and you might be able to do that now, but back in a few years ago, you had to have a U.S. entity and a U.S. bank oh, okay. account to do it. Yeah. So they formed, a, they formed a U.S. entity. That was number one. Number two, um, you'll see um, you'll you'll end up with a business that is 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 doing um, doing business with a customer in the U.S. Mm-hmm. and the and the U.S. will number one ask them for what's called a W eight B E N form, which is mm-hmm. kind of like a a form where you kind of kind of claim your treaty status and mm-hmm. and the U.S. companies are required to get them from, from the tax service here so that they don't so so basically it's documentation so they don't have to withhold. Money yeah. when they send it overseas. Right. I don't know if you're probably familiar with that. So we had a lot of clients who ask about it, and and of course they changed the rules about a year or two ago. And these forms to fill out are ridiculous. Uh-huh. But I've read the instructions probably ten times, and and I still don't fully understand them. <laughs> I, I can't expect someone who's not a tax person or somebody from overseas to understand how to fill them out. Yeah. So so people get asked to fill those out, and then before you know it, sometimes they end up with a substantial presence in the U.S. or or what's called effectively connected income in the U.S., and then they're required to file here. And that's mm. when kind of all, sh- all, all shit breaks loose, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and a lot of times <laughs> they don't even know that they have a filing requirement. Mm. So so you ask, you know, when are you ready to do that? So one is a customer asks you for that. Another time we get um, entities that are doing business with large U.S. customers take a Home Depot or a Costco or something in mm-hmm. the States. You know what? For us to pay you, you need to have a U.S. entity, and then you form one <laughs> because mm-hmm. you want to do business with them, right? Um, that's one. And then another one would be um, where uh, companies want to kind of build their um, – let's say develop a sales organization in the U.S. So mm-hmm. so we work with several – many, actually, of the partners in the Zero Ecosystem. Um, I, guess I, can, I guess I can talk about them. We work with Spotlight Reporting from mm-hmm. New Zealand. We work with Receipt Bank from the U.K., mm-hmm. um, uh, service mate from Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, and what happens is, is, um, they, uh, have customers in the U S and many of them at the beginning were actually collecting their fees in foreign currency, which okay. U S people don't want to pay in foreign currency or they're not going to accept. I think, actually I think deputy was doing that too. Yeah, right. Um, so what happens is, is you want to, you know, you have a, have a U.S. entity, U S bank account, accept U S payments here mm-hmm. to hopefully grow your business. So that's one. And then, of course, the other thing is you might actually hire somebody here and put somebody on the ground, and then yeah. you have to have a U.S. entity. Yeah. So all of these things contribute to you know the when um, you have to have a U.S. entity. I guess to kind of keep going, I'm kind of on a roll. Is we have people who um, who actually want to sell into the U.S. a product, okay. so they're um, they want to get on Amazon and distribute yeah. through Amazon. Um, Got to have a U.S. you know bank account. Got to have a U.S. entity. You know. Mm-hmm. So and then, of course, there's a lot of other things you need too. But what we try to do is we try to make it turnkey for them and say, if you do this, then you need this. Yeah, right. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm taking notes because um, we, we, we're probably over some of those thresholds. Yeah. And that's that's exactly what we do. When you're ready, you call us up, and we walk you through it and tell you all the do's and don'ts and educate you. And and our you know we'll you can do it yourself or we'll help you. We don't really care. You know, yeah. um, that, that's 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 our business model. Yeah, we yeah. we generally tell people not to do some of the things because we don't want them screwing it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, but some people you know have the wherewithal and the capability to do some of the steps themselves. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, so aside from the kind of incorporation, do you, um, what other work do you do for some of those overseas clients? So, um, so here's, here's a good one. You know, I, I actually like to, we, we've seen more and more figuring out your cross border transaction strategy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, you're a software company, you're selling in four different continents mm-hmm. and, um, the IP was developed in one country and you're selling it to all these other countries, you need mm-hmm. to figure out how you're going to um, invoice and manage cost. Yeah. And really what you're trying to you, you got to do it from a logistics standpoint and you got to do it from a um, tax strategy standpoint. Mm. So, so we're seeing more and more talking to people and talking through what they're trying to do in the long term in the long run so they get set up correctly on the front end. Mm-hmm. So, so we're working with, you know, say companies who already have businesses overseas that want to start in the US who might even continue to do um you know, management services overseas. So they have all their, their sales and marketing in the UK, mm-hmm. but you know, the customers are in the U S so yeah. they allocate cost. So there's management services. There's, there's transfer pricing. When you're selling a product, we've got other clients that make their products in China. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but their entity is in Australia. Their customers in the U S you kind of see where I'm going with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, do you invoice them directly from Hong Kong? Do you invoice your U S company and let the U S company invoice the customer? All these things are things that you should be thinking about and addressing. Mm-hmm. And then of course, depending on what you decide to do, there's all kinds of compliance rules with what you have to file for income tax and sales tax. And where do you have nexus? You know, which States are you in? Where's your inventory? Where are your people? It's, I mean, it's, it's, complicated <laughs> yeah 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 definitely and i think um uh, i'm originally from the uk but that uh, um new zealand company um business in new zealand company and it's probably got one of the most simple tax regimes in the world here so i think yeah. people don't appreciate the kind of complexity of other countries and, and obviously the u.s tax law is fairly complex um i think it's fair to say so no that's correct but you'd be surprised a lot of people actually either hear stuff or see stuff and they get scared yeah and that's what our guide is for is to mm-hmm. help educate them a little bit and then we're here to kind of help you know make it easy for them yeah yeah cool um so i mean um do you think all firms should be thinking globally to some extent? I know um, Rod Drury and Zero is always talking about you've got to think Absolutely. globally. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, the world has become a much smaller place. You know, but I will tell you, you know, it's not for everybody because there's certain complexities mm. in it, you know. But, you know, if you're an accounting firm, and I know a lot of the, the, my friends and who have other firms and stuff are dealing with companies from overseas, and I think sometimes they, they might get in a little over their head. Mm-hmm. Um, but, again, that's what we're here for, and we, you know, we um, – we're here to kind of help people and try to keep them out of trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, more and more companies are going to be doing business across borders. Mm. So, um, you know, you're working with non-U.S. accountants as well as non non-U.S. businesses. What do you Correct. think is the opportunity for them and their clients in in the U.S.? You know, how, how are you working with those kind of firms? I mean, you mentioned interactive accounting, great, for example. Great question. Great question. So we've actually kind of put together the whole value prop for them. <laughs> so 
I, I don't know how many our database is up to now, but our, our one of our main goals is to try to educate and reach out and let all the people out, let all the accountants out there um, know that there's a guide and that there's webinars that we put on to educate mm-hmm. themselves so they can help their clients. Because think about it. You have a client in New Zealand. You're an accountant. Mm-hmm. And your client grows. They're doing awesome. Ooh, I want to go to Australia. Ooh, I want to go to the U.S. They get a little bigger. They get a little more complex. What happens if you can't help them? Mm-hmm. They outgrow you. Yeah. And they and they leave. Our solution actually allows you to keep those clients. So we will work with you. You can continue to do everything that you do. Um, we'll support you here. You seem like a hero because you got them some resources and they're well taken care of. It's like a win, win, win. Mm-hmm. That's the short version of the value problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, that's cool. And um, I think we launched a little website yesterday. It's just uh, hpcgoglobal.com. Heck, heck yeah. And, um, yep. So I know a lot of people worked really hard on that and we, we certainly appreciate it. Um, you know, and again, it's all about putting stuff out there, letting people know that there's information and help. Um, and, uh, you know, and that we're here though, I, I can't remember that. I can't think of that, that I've talked to any person who, when I've told kind of what we're doing and how we're doing it, it hasn't gone, you know, wow, that's an awesome model. Yeah. Cool. And, and especially the small businesses who say, wow, that's really simple. It's really, you know, organized and I get it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's all fixed pricing too, which is in the U S you don't always get that. <laughs> no, definitely. Yeah. Um, and, um, the, in terms of how easy it has been to go global, I, I take it that the the cloud and zero and the ecosystem there has been been really central to that. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So you know that 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 has been very central um, to be able to get the word out. And you know, zero's going global, and zero's done this. And you know, frankly, we started signing up um, ecosystem partners, <laughs> like I was saying before. Yeah. Because you know. And, uh, you know, I talk, I keep talking to Rod and I tell him what we're doing. He's like, that's awesome. And then before you know it, I mean, we, our goal was to kind of become the go-to place for companies that want to come to the U S mm-hmm. that's our, you know, for small business. That was, that's been our goal all along. Yeah. Cool. Okay. We were first, you know, <laughs> you know, other people are going to do it there's, and there's people out there doing it now, but you know, there's so much work that, you know, you don't, you don't, you don't have to have everything. No, absolutely. Um, so I guess the final thing I wanted to talk about is just on a more general business level is um, for a non-US business, um, you know, what, what do you think the opportunities for doing business in the States beyond the obvious that, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a huge country and um, what, what particularly um, sure. do you think those opportunities are? So it's funny, you know, when I went to New Zealand last year, one of the things I, I learned, and I went and met with some um, Zero partners mm-hmm. around the country. Mm-hmm. Um, my Our Zero web kind of took us around and set that up for us. Yeah. Um, and I uh, went to Zero's offices in both cities. Um, and um, and at the end of the day, what I learned was that everything in New Zealand to the U.S., roughly everything in New Zealand to the U.S. is one to 100. Yeah. So okay. if there's, if there's you know, a 1,000 accountants in New Zealand, there's 10,000 in the U.S. If the GDP is, you know, 30 billion, it's 300, you know, 33 trillion. <laughs> if, if, and I'm, I'm serious about this. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> and, uh, right. so, so when you think about the markets and the people and the size and the opportunity, it's one to a hundred. Yeah. Who wouldn't, who, who wouldn't want to have an opportunity that's a hundred times your size, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, so as I said earlier, I think the, the, the opportunity is, um, we're seeing really three things, um, and I like to break it down like this. First is companies that want to sell a product, 
into the U.S. to get to the U.S. 300 or 350 million people that are here, right? Mm-hmm. And you don't have to have an entity to do that per se, although mm-hmm. you usually end up doing it. Mm-hmm. But they're already selling something somewhere else. They're, they're formed overseas in New Zealand or Australia. They're making it in China, and they want to ship it into the U.S., right? Mm-hmm. So, so that's a product, selling a product in. The second one that I see is performing a service. So we've got some companies, I think from New Zealand actually, and Australia, that have a good service business that say, you know what, you know, we've kind of tapped our market here. We want to open in the U.S. Yeah. And of course, service businesses require people, so there's a little more complex and a little more compliance. But you know, service they just basically set up their brand in the U.S. and start doing business, right? Get all the licenses they need. Mm-hmm. Um, the third one that we see are like technology and SaaS companies, and mm-hmm. we've got a bunch of those too, where you know, take take a spotlight or take a receipt bank or take a deputy or a carbon mm-hmm. or something like that, where basically not only they're selling into all of the countries, mm-hmm. they have people in multiple countries and they have, you know, and but ultimately the U.S. is the biggest market. Zero. Take zero. Same thing, right? Yes. Yeah. So th- those are kind of the three things that we see as opportunities. But if you think about it, it's all about the customers, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, and do you think there are any kind of like specific opportunities that you can see that people should jump on, like um, gaps in markets, particularly around, I say, technology, which you know yeah, we, we kind of talked about a bit. Well, you know, I think I think you know, there's there's a lot of companies all over that have a great solution for something, mm-hmm. and in many cases, that solution doesn't exist in the U.S. So we've seen some software companies come. Well, take take a service mate, right? Mm-hmm. They're um they're kind of they're part of this Apple, you know, mobility program. They um, they've got a good business in Australia. There really wasn't anything like it in the U.S. Mm-hmm. So they come to the U.S. and you know they just need to kind of get the word out and grow their sales here. Mm. They're gonna do. They're gonna be just fine. Do you think um, do um, U.S. customers have any hesitance in in buying from an Australian, New Zealand, UK company, for example? Very interesting. That's a good question too. Let me think about that. Um, I would. Say it's funny, you know. You take 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 uh, take your deputy, for mm. example. They they built a nice, really nice business in the U.S. and their customers were taking the currency risk. So the answer must be no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know well, the currency one's um, interesting because we. So I mean, I haven't found too much hesitance. I mean, people ask questions, but I think if they see that you're legit, they people are coming to understand that. You know, the, the world is, is global now. You know, in business, you, you just you're buying from different places. Um, we we well, charge t- in native currencies, right? So you know, all our US clients pay in US dollars, but and you absorb the currency risk. We absorb the which at, at the uh, moment yeah. isn't a risk. It's it's the other way around, right? So like we're we're getting hammered for cost. So it's a ben- it's a benefit. Yeah, it goes both ways, doesn't it? Because if you're a soft, like a technology company like us. You buy a lot of software, and that's usually from the U.S. or it's in U.S. dollars. So the strength of the U.S. dollar over the last years hurts us that way. But then you get it the other way when you you sell. So it's kind I see, of I see. as we say swings and roundabouts. But um, what we noticed, and this could be a good reason to set up a a U.S. entity, was um, we had one client in Oklahoma, one in Texas recently, and. They we charge them in U.S. dollars, and they said, "Oh, we've got a sixteen-dollar charge um, on top of that." Was this you? No, no, we we wouldn't charge you that. 
and their bank charges them and they ask their bank and they say, yes, the reason that's is right. That the, is absolutely the, right. The end bank is not in the U S and it's like, yeah, but you've been charged in U S dollars. They shouldn't even know where the bank is. And I mean, that's an incredible scam, isn't it? By bank? But, um, well, and, and I think that's one of the things about, you know, being able to send money overseas and there's companies that are helping bring the cost of that down now. And are, these, yeah. these foreign currency charges, you know, the other thing, point I wanted to make on your your first point mm-hmm. is I think one of the things that makes it easier for you and for people that are kind of I'm going to call it in the zero ecosystem or kind of in this family yeah. is that you're kind of, it, it, it's not like you're dealing with somebody that's not known you're known we kind of all know that it's, it's incestuous everybody knows the same people yeah. now not all the customers do but it's a little bit different than just using a, a one-off company that that isn't related or connected mm. to anything. Yeah, I think, that, that. I think yeah. that's different. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, great. Um, well, look, um, we're nearly up to time, so let's wrap it up. Um, um, what I'm going to do is, obviously on the podcast, include all details to, to HPC, but particularly the Go Global microsite yep. that we've just worked on you with. And then awesome. um, that's going to have your uh, report on there, isn't it? So people can download that and find out more about what we've been talking about. Yep, they're going to have a, a link. There's be a link to the guide. There'll also be a schedule. We're actually getting ready to roll out some new things too. All of all, really centered around providing more resources about all the things you need to do to do business in the U.S. All the things that we talk about. Fantastic. Well, I appreciate your time today, Bruce. And yep. um, we'll yeah, like I say, we'll include all those details on the podcast page. Great, and thank you for having me. I enjoyed it. We'll we'll, we'll do it again and cover some of the details maybe next time. Yeah, awesome. Thanks, Bruce. All right, take take care. Bye bye. Bye bye.